Welcome to the show, a member of the URI men's soccer team and a native of this part of Rhode Island. I'm joined by Joey Turco. Joey, how you doing? I'm very good. Mark, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to uh, talk about all the stuff you got in, in, uh, in store for us. Fantastic, fantastic. So before the show, we were kind of just talking about a little bit about your past coming in here. Because obviously yeah. you're a redshirt freshman here at URI, so you haven't had that much experience really getting on the playing field right. come here at URI. But beforehand, you're a pretty seasoned soccer player, yeah. four-year member of the SKHS men's soccer team, right. captain. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. What was that experience like? I mean, playing in high school and especially at SK, like, we always, we're always so prepared for every game. I mean, like, over the summer and even in the spring, like, we would have all these workouts we do together, and we were so prepared, and Coach Adam and Coach Alex did a really good job, like, drilling that into our minds that kind of, it was, it was easy for me because I wanted to play in college, and I feel like that without them, like, it would have been way hard. I wouldn't be as prepared as I am now, and, like, they weeded out the kids who didn't want it, who didn't, like, see themselves playing there, and they definitely definitely made it really enjoyable for for everyone and then for the people who wanted to take that next step into college they pushed them religiously and that's I give a lot of credit to those guys and then um you say I was there for four years I for me it's more like three because my junior year I missed the whole entire year due to I had spine surgery in December oh wow really I ruptured a disc in my L4 spine oh wow I missed my entire junior year and then um I, I I was able to talk with um them in the off season and being like mentally I wasn't all there and they got me uh got me back on track where I needed to be and I worked with a good team of doctors and and specialists and PT people. Doctor Alan Daniels at Brown did my uh my surgery and it was dream come true. So well clearly they were able to really do a, do some magic there because oh, it allow, allowed you to have a good senior year yeah. and then be yeah. able to join the URI team. You have a lot of connections here to Rhode Island because yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, Joey's dad, Vinny, is an associate athletic director here at Rhode Island, played yep. football here back in the day. And um, you played with Rams FC yep. during your high school time, coached by URI men's soccer assistant coach, Tony Bassett. Yep. So you've been in and around the yeah, URI yeah, athletic sure. scene. Yeah, I've been to, like I said, I've been to basketball games in the Ryan Center since I was, what, six, seven months old. And then going all the way till now with Coach Miller and his team, seeing so many different teams and so many different players. And then... Obviously, I like I wasn't always a huge into soccer, and then probably about like 11, 12, I started really liking soccer because I used to play baseball, but it was so boring, <laughs> it was too slow. So I moved over to soccer, and then um, I joined Rams, and Coach Bassett really led the way for me, and to this day he still does. So definitely an all-time coach of mine. Absolutely. So once kind of senior year came around, you had finished recovering from the spinal surgery, and yeah. you're going into your senior year. That's kind of when the college recruiting process yeah. really picks up Absolutely. so kind of what was that process sort of like for you obviously you have like the really strong connection to URI yeah. but were you like talking to any other schools during that process I wasn't really interested in going anywhere else besides URI because URI was like the goal for me ever since I was a baby like it was like I want to do something at URI whether it was playing a sport like honestly like if I'm honest like I wish I played at the time I was younger I wanted to play basketball <laughs> obviously I'm barely five foot ten so I didn't have much of a chance so and then um, I just really found a passion for soccer. And um, Coach Bassett really led the way for me in the recruiting process. And Coach Elliott, they did such a nice job making me feel welcome and selling. And they didn't have to sell this place much to me because I wanted to. And they knew that I wanted to be here so bad. And then so they helped me make my dreams a reality. And now I just come to come to work every day and work with all my teammates. And I really enjoy it. I bet your family was absolutely thrilled when you said, you know what? 
I'm gonna do it. You or I. That's yeah, where I'm yeah. going. I mean, I remember that having that conversation with them. Like, if we we're gonna commit to the school, and then like, my dad really stayed out of it. It was more of like me and my mom talking about it. My dad, he knew where, he knew I, he just, he didn't really, he wasn't bothered. Like, obviously he played sports in college and I had no pressure from him or my, my family at all. Like, I, it was so good to me. Like, if I asked my mom, like, what the offside rules in soccer, she has no idea. Like, my parents never really, like, were so into me. Like, you didn't play well, none of that. They just would sometimes not even go to my games. Like, it, was, it wasn't a big deal. Like, we're playing and if I had a good game, a bad game, it wasn't really, like, like talked about after it wasn't a big deal it was just like move on to the next thing and like so yeah that conversation when we had to figure out if we wanted to go to your and play was was an easy one but it was mostly between my mom, me and my mom and she, and she was just always she's gonna be worried like what's gonna happen with you in college like you're not being home and i'm like mom like i, I can walk i can walk home like it's be fine like believe me so i go home all the time and see my cats like <laughs> it's all it's all good that's but, fantastic yeah. she's probably thrilled i know my my mom was when i ended up staying somewhat yeah. <laughs> close to home being only from connecticut so i right. i know the feeling mm -hmm. um so going into this going into this season and last season um yeah. he uh, you obviously are red shirting now what kind of mm -hmm. what was that process like because i know it varies from athlete and sport um because sometimes you go into preseason they're like hey we don't really, we're not really sure we have a spot for you. We mm -hmm. want to have you kind of sit out this season. Yeah. Sort of like, what was those conversations like? It was, it was interesting. I mean, I was, I, I told, when they told me like, we're, we're playing on registering this year. And I was like, like, I was all for it. I was all for it because I was like, okay, like this takes pressure off me mentally. Probably needed that at the time. And then like, really the focus is like, okay, just get better every day. Like come to practice, like with a good attitude and just get better. Like there's no stress, no anxiety, no nothing work on improving every little thing every day and like I, I was like thrilled with that like I, that's my favorite thing to do is just work hard on my own and like you can ask you can probably ask some of my teammates like they probably think I work a little hard maybe it's too hard sometimes but I mean I, I just love it I'm so addicted to just working like that and yeah but like hearing them tell it like having them say to me like we have a plan for you and being like just keep getting better was, was all everything I needed to hear and that made everything like I was I was buzzing with that yeah yeah definitely and so then, obviously, during the season, you get to kind of watch all of um, mm -hmm. everything that unfolds from the sidelines. Yeah. I, you got to feel maybe, like, on the inside, you were kind of a little bit itching. Like, ah, oh, man, I really yeah. want to kind of help out. Absolutely, absolutely. But, um, like, learning was just, well, I think it was just as important than playing. You know I mean? I had to learn all, all like, the ins and outs of my first year in college soccer. And, like, it was that, I was, cru I, I think it's, I hope that one day it will be crucial to my development, like taking that year and like learning, really learning, and then paying attention to those small mind details. And then, like I said, going to practice and getting a little bit better every day. So. Yeah. So, and then at the end of the season, um, URI men's soccer had uh, their star forward, Patrick Ajman. He had declared for the draft. He right. was invited to the combine, and then he got drafted 12th overall by Charlotte FC. That's the highest anyone from the men's soccer program has ever been drafted mm -hmm. from this school. It was the first time anyone's ever been drafted in the first round. As a member of that team, because obviously I had the pleasure of interviewing him before the draft, and mm -hmm. I've spoken to him at um, in different times following it. As a member of the team, what was kind of that all like when you guys saw that your friend, your teammate, oh had God. made that jump? Yeah, and like Pat, Pat's the type of person where he's so like humble and he's so like down to earth, where it's like it act like nothing. Ha he's gonna the type of kid that's gonna act like nothing happened. But I, I know I feel like I know him a little bit deep down. He's just, like he's buzzing, and I hope because he's I've never seen a player so good in transition from offense from defense to offense and just in on the counter unplayable oh like, and then considering his size too i mean he's six four he's faster than some of the guys were like it's five six unbelievable. it's unbelievable it's unbelievable and he's just a i think he's a complete forward 
Absolutely. He has left foot, right foot. He's good in the air, fast, like you said. Can run the channel, hold the ball up, like, and just. I hate to say, it, but like, such a nice person. Like everyone, like you have these star players who have big egos. Pat was just such a nice person. Like such a good friend. Always like knew when to put his arm around me. Knew when to push me. Like just such such a good good person. And like definitely was a huge asset to our, our program and our team. So oh, absolutely. Some, something we look back like on a legacy thing. Like Pat. Like yeah, we, we Pat Pat went to our. You know what I mean? Like hopefully we say that like one day when he's. Hopefully playing at a better, bigger, bigger and better level in the pro leagues, we can be like, yeah, he, he played at URI. Oh, absolutely. He, he, did, he did okay at URI. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I, I think that he's, he's already, I mean, got that status. I mean, just considering the uh, jump that he had made from Division three, mm. ripping up ripping yeah. up Eastern Connecticut, and then coming here and then basically putting up the same numbers yeah. two divisions higher. It was exceptional. Um, so kind of jumping off of that, talking about how Pat was a little bit of like a kind of big supporter of you, big supporter of the younger guys. Yeah. Did you Were there uh, a lot of guys that were uh, like se- uh, higher up in seniority that kind of like looked out for you absolutely. as you were joining? Absolutely. Every single one of those seniors, Jordan, uh, Brayden, who I'm really close with, great friend, Pat, obviously, Edvin, and Zach Dreyer, all like obviously unbelievable talent, unbelievable players, and just such good people. Always, like I said, they, they always knew, especially like for me, for example, each of them knew when to rip into me a little bit, like to push me. And they always, always knew when to put their arm around somebody. Always. Like, always at the perfect time. Knew how to communicate. Knew how to lead. And that was so important for us. And, like, obviously, all of them were such key players over their, their URI careers. Like, racking up goals, assists, all that. And, well, Edvin and Zach and Braden winning championships. Like, can't ask for much more out of that group. So, they did everything they could. They left such a good good legacy on our program. So Yeah, and so now you're currently in the midst of um – kind of the spring training. I yep. see you guys up out from my window training out down right. on Meade Stadium. Yep. So going in, going kind of into this season now as you're sort of now entering the fold a little bit more, how yep. has your involvement in like kind of warm-ups, training, stuff like that, have you have you been given a little bit of a larger role now now that you're going to be actually um, going to yeah. be involved in the games next yeah, year? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, for me, I've, I think I've become more comfortable each day and I've definitely become more vocal. Like, the first couple weeks of preseason, quiet, you know, I'm really nervous, really anxious. Now I'm starting to be, like, more vocal. And I, I was really vocal in high school and growing up, and I think now, like, transitioning to college, I'm trying to put the nerves behind me and just be, like, vocal and to be more comfortable with myself and try to be, like you said, better every day and then better mentally. Better mentally prepared for everything, to have the highest preparation out of anybody. Like, And then, like, yeah, I think trying to mold myself into establish like a role in the team would be the the goal for uh, the fall and then let me just go from there no absolutely so now here let's switch gears for a minute because we prior to the interview we were talking about a little bit of what we were going to discuss today because there's a lot of stuff going on the super bowl is coming up and a lot of big sports like the mls we can obviously discuss pat but no one thing that I feel that we really got to talk about is this NBA trade that de- trade deadline. Yep. You yourself, you're a very big NBA fan. You're yep. a Knicks fan, big LeBron fan. Definitely. He was met, broke the scoring record held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the other week. Oh. Um, but yeah, there was a lot that a lot that went on over the trade deadline. We're gonna break down a couple trades for you here. Right. So here, I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna preface this for everyone listening. First one we're gonna talk about is the Lakers, Minnesota and Utah Jazz three-team trade. And I'm going to preface this, that I am a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, and I am a D'Angelo Russell fan. I became a Timberwolves fan because of D'Angelo Russell, so I apologize in advance if some of my takes are a little biased, but we've got a lot to unpack here. (laughs) 
So here, so just the first to break down the trade for any of you that don't know, the Lakers received D'Angelo Russell from Minnesota, Malik Beasley from Utah, and Jared Vanderbilt from Utah as well. Minnesota uh, received Mike Conley Jr. from Utah. He received uh, Nikel Alexander-Walker from Utah, and they received three second-round picks in 2024, 2025, and 2026. And then Utah received guard Russell Westbrook, forward Juan Toscano-Anderson, center Damian Jones, and one first-round pick, all of which were coming from Los Angeles. So before I get into my little tirade here, Joey, give me... As someone who's a big LeBron fan, so obviously you give a little bit of attention to the mm-hmm. Lakers. How were you kind of? How did you kind of take in that trade when you first heard it go through? Oh, they won a championship. Really? Yeah, I think they're gonna either get in, uh, instead of obviously making a plan, and then if they get in the playoffs, it's over. I really believe that because they have six. I feel I feel like that that's like a a common kind of fate shout. I feel like every time the playoffs run around, mm-hmm. everyone's got like. That one, one team, punt. yeah, yeah with punt. that one punt where they feel like that, oh, if anyone's destined to win the chip this year, yep. it would be X team. Yep. Like LeBron, he just broke the scoring record. It, it's he's, destiny. He's 38 years old. It's destiny, exactly. He's the chosen one. Like, you can ask my teammates this. Uh, we were having a pregame meal one time, and I we were talking about Jordan, LeBron. And somebody asked me, Joey, who do you think? I, did, I said nothing about basketball. The first thing I said was, if Michael Phelps was swimming against LeBron, I would pick LeBron. Oh my God! If Tiger Woods was golfing against LeBron. I'd pick LeBron. That's great. That's if my life crazy. depending on it. I'd pick him LeBron. Pick, he's picking LeBron. Max Kellerman with Andre Iguodala yep, vibes over I'm here. Oh LeBron. my God! LeBron. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, like when I when I first saw the trade, yeah. I was sitting at I was sitting courtside at the women's basketball game the other day, right. and a bunch of the reporters we all all walked out of the press conference and they're all laughing. Right. And I turn around and I look at my phone and I'm like, Oh my. God. God, yeah. and I'm just and I don't know how to feel because D'Angelo Russell is the entire reason I watch basketball. I was never a big <laughs> basketball fan growing up, yeah. and when I moved out of New York City, I realized that everyone in my town was a super big basketball fan. So I was like, all right, you know what? I gotta kind of pick a team. And I was like, you know what? Let's go with Brooklyn. Brooklyn's got a good team. They're fun. They got yeah. that energy. And it was around D'Angelo Russell's like All Star year right. when he was really had that good partnership with Jared Allen. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna stick with D'Angelo Russell. Next season he gets traded, right. and I'm like, I'm like, oh, pack, pack your bags. I'm like, pack my bags. I'm to go. Yeah. But um, and so then I'm like, you know what? I'll I want to see where this guy goes because like I hadn't really established any sort of rapport with like a Brooklyn or a New York Knicks or like right. a Celtics, whatever. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch and see where he goes. He goes to Golden State, plays like I don't know, 20 games, yeah. and then he goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I'm like, you know what? This Here. is it. Here it is. Timberwolves fan. This is where I'm gonna lay my lay, lay the groundwork for my fandom right here. Right. I mean, it's hard not to like them. You got Carl Anthony Towns, they had D'Lo, two of them were friends. Yeah. Anthony Edwards getting drafted into the fold. It was a good good thing. So, once I saw that trade go through, the first thing that came into my mind is why. Obviously, there's a number of reasons you can kind of put it that yeah. you have. He he wants thirty one and a half million dollars, I believe, yeah. going into into the offseason. He's not worth that. <laughs> I am not I'm not a deluded D'Angelo Russell fan. I can tell you right now yeah. he's not worth $31.5 million. Right. He's simply not. So the Timberwolves were clearly not gonna pay that. And is he somewhat inconsistent? Yes. Yes, he is. Streaky. He's streaky, exactly. Right now he's averaging, I think, 17 and 6 or something like that. Yeah. He's having a good year. But at the same time, the thing that I thought of at first when I noticed this is that. You kept D'Angelo Russell 
because you made that Rudy Gobert trade. Right. You kept D'Angelo Russell because D'Angelo Russell knows how to run the pick and roll. And Rudy Gobert is a pick and roll guy. Yeah. You wanted that so the two of them would work together. And then obviously, if anybody's been watching the Timberwolves this season, you can tell that that wasn't working. Right. And you and it's you can pick reasons why. You could say it's D'Angelo Russell not be not really having a lob as a part of his game. Mm-hmm. But also you got to notice Rudy Gobert hasn't been good this year. No. Rudy Gobert has gone down in almost every single offensive metric this year since coming over from Utah. Right. He's still a top 10 defensive player in the league. He just is. He's too big to not be. Yeah, of course. But once you once he joined the fray, everything kind of went down. And then once you brought him into the fold with Carl Anthony Towns, no who is a high-volume scoring forward... Dump it down, give it to him, let him work. Exactly. Yeah. You take that volume away because Rudy Gobert is also a high-volume offensive yeah. forward. He's a center. He's a center that gets the ball and scores a lot of points. So that was an issue in and of itself. Right. And then D'Angelo Russell... D'Angelo Russell has never thrown more than 20 lobs in a season. I think he threw no I correct I think he threw 21 lobs during his All-Star <laughs> year with Jared Allen. I think that's the most he's ever thrown in a single year. All right. So that's a problem for that relationship. But at the same time you can work around that. D'Angelo Russell's a versatile guard that knows how to mold his game for the team he's playing on. Mm-hmm. He's not that much I, I you could say he's a bit of a system guy, but I mean he knows how to change his game. So Absolutely. I think you can kind you can kind of work your way around. And that's why he's going to do well with LeBron. Yes, I, I you know I, I as much as it hurts because I'm not a LeBron fan. I really I, don't I like go, him. I could go play for the Lakers, stand in the corner. I, I can't shoot a basketball. If LeBron passes me the ball, yeah, you shouldn't. You, you my make stats go up. Yeah, exactly. My stats go up. But um, the what the what annoyed me about this was that you're trading D'Angelo Russell and bringing in Mike Conley, who played with Rudy Gobert at Utah, thinking that that's going to repair the relationship. Yeah. And <laughs> what the what the what I had been discussing with friends of mine is that why are you bidding off D'Angelo Russell when he's actually performing at a higher level than Rudy Gobert? When you look at that relationship, you at least have to take into consideration the downturn that Rudy Gobert has taken this year. And that has to impact what's going on. And then on the other side of that, you take Rudy Gobert out of the equation, you're trading away a key culture guy in that team who's friends with Anthony Edwards. He's been helping mentor Anthony Edwards. And then Carl Anthony Towns' best friend. Carl Anthony Towns is already disgruntled at the fact that yeah. this that the Timberwolves have been so unstable in terms of roster turnover and front office turnover. He's going to be leave. He's allowed when he's a free agent. I think he's going to. Yeah, I really I really don't think Carl Anthony Towns I think Carl Anthony Towns has given Minnesota every chance that he's every chance that they des- that yeah. they could take and at this point he's done. They've not repaid his trust in any way. They've brought in players that completely contradict his play style. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling he's going to walk. I think now that they're going to have to put all their eggs in the Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert basket, and they're going to have to build up from there. And the um, and the Jaden McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels is a stud. Right. So the, those three are going to have to be where Minnesota goes from here. For sure. But, I mean, you know what? That's that's my biased rant out of there. I'm not happy <laughs> about it. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the trade. But, I mean, when you take the bias out of it, I think it's a pretty balanced trade. I think the Lakers get a competent scorer in D'Angelo Russell, someone who knows how to facilitate and shoot, yeah. which Russ had clearly shown that he's incapable of doing this year. Yep. And then Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt are great role players that I've, I've seen at Minnesota, and then they played well at Utah, so yep. good bench players. Mike Conley Jr. comes into the fray because he plays for 
He, he played for Utah with Gobert, and he's good defensively. That's the only thing I can think of. Right. He's 35 years old. He's on a, he's a, he's on a vet contract. He's coming in because he knows how to play defense. That's the one fault in D'Angelo Russell's game that I can give fans is that he doesn't really play defense. He, he's going to make up for Edwards. Edwards doesn't play any defense. Exactly. I think that was that was the caveat having yeah. Edwards and D'Lo play he, together. He gives you what 25, 28 a game, so you live with him. Not yeah, exactly. So I think I that I think that the Timberwolves are going to benefit from that because now Cat is going to have a little when he comes back from injury, he'll have a little bit of that defensive pressure lift off of him. I hope so. You, that's what that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping because we if we're gonna make the playoffs, we need that. Yeah. Um, so I think Mike Conley, that's a smart move. But at the same time, am I happy about it? No, because D'Angelo Russell is now in the Los Angeles right. Lakers. Yeah. Um, and then they also received uh, Nikel Alexander Walker, who is a guard I really don't know that much about. I he, he seems like a decent role player. I feel like he'll probably come off the bench. Um, they the Timberwolves have been making good use of their bench this season, right. so I feel like that's they'll get some good out of him. And then three second round picks. I mean. Almost all these trades that we will be discussing today. So many picks. So many picks, but so many second round picks. Yeah. It's like your hand, it's you're handing them out like how uh, candy on Halloween. Yeah. It's just everyone's getting second round picks. But um, and then I mean Utah, Utah. It seems like they didn't get the most out of this trade considering the players they got back. But I mean, considering they're a team that's sort of in the lottery sweepstakes, I, you can't really complain. Yeah. You get an experienced guard in Russell Westbrook, whom I assume they're gonna buy out. You got Juan Toscano Anderson, who is an experienced role player. You know he's got some semblance of potential, right. but he's really going to be coming off the bench. And then Damian Jones is a player that I honestly know nothing about, but I have to assume big guy, tall center. He'll be do he'll do something well for Utah, or they can use him in a or they can use him in a trade to get some other pieces when they rebuild next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then a first round pick. I mean, four picks for Rudy Gobert for the first round. You got picks for Donovan Mitchell. Now you got a first round pick. Get basically a first round pick for Mike Conley. So now now you're sitting you're sitting almost like seven, eight first round picks over the next couple of years. I mean, Utah are gonna be good. Can't complain. You really you really can't complain if you're Utah. Like you're in you're in that sweepstakes for Wembenyama, and then you got all those picks, even if you miss out on Wembenyama, you got all the opportunity in the world to really make a good team and then kind of rebuild what was like a promising squad with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. But, I mean, hopefully you can get a little bit more balance than just having those two. Um, so, I mean, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. But all in all, take the bias out of it. It's a pretty even trade. And I think all the teams kind of won that trade. They improved on areas that they needed to improve upon. And um, I think they're going to be better off for it going into the rest of the season. For sure. So, here, then, I woke up yesterday morning, yep. like the rest of the world, to a pretty big trade. It was Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. And it was funny because I saw this on Twitter recently as well, talking about how Chris Paul's trade for, um, to the Lakers years ago yeah. to play with Kobe Bryant got vetoed by the NBA. Now all of a sudden you're okay. You're, you're okay <laughs> sending KD to go play with Devin Booker, Aiton, and Chris Paul? No, it's fine. Yeah, the double standard here. I mean, that's a little ridiculous. But, I mean, yeah. uh, but Phoenix Suns, they, they gave up a lot. I mean... Brooklyn Nets got guard Macal Bridges. They got guard. He's tough. Macal Bridges is good. Macal Bridges can ball. I like him. He is a good guard. I saw him play live in Pittsburgh when he was everyone over. Yeah, he dude. He's a hooper. He, he's a hooper. he yeah. know he knows how to get to the basket. Absolutely. He is a versatile guard. Yeah. Uh, guard Cam Johnson, another guy. He was a bit bit of a role player, but I mean he he, he can he can hoop. Yeah. Um, forward Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder all of a sudden went from being 
not a no-name center or a no-name forward, but like a guy that like everyone kind of knew, but no one was that high on, to all of a sudden he's like the most touted forward in the NBA right now. Everybody wants him. And we're going to touch upon that because he's no longer in Brooklyn. He was in Brooklyn for all of two hours yesterday. Um, And then he gets traded like every 15 minutes. It's it's insane. Um, And so then the Lakers also received four first round picks, which is absolutely astonishing considering the fact that Kevin Durant is 35, 36 years old. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's still worth four first round picks is crazy to me. Brooklyn would be all right too. Yeah. And then they got a 2028 pick swap. I don't, I don't have in my notes what round that's for, but I assume it's probably for like second round considering the amount of second round picks that have been tossed around. And then the Phoenix Suns got Kevin Durant and then forward TJ Warren. So, I mean, the Suns gave up a lot for up, Durant. They gave up all that just to lose in the second round. Isn't that going to be crazy? That's uh, that's a claim. Isn't that's that, a claim right that there. Something? Obviously, the Phoenix Suns made this trade because it's all they, yeah, it's all, all in. It's all in. This they they had they they made the finals a year or two back, and yeah. they want to they want to get back there. And this is how they thought they could do it, taking advantage of uh, the value that Jay Crowder has. Right. Um, and I mean it's. It's a testament to how good Kevin Durant is. Kevin Durant's going to go down as like a top 10 player of all time when it's all said and done. And it's a testament to how old he is, and he's still playing at such a high level. He's he's he's, he's aging efficient. like he's so efficient. He's aging like LeBron. He's really he's continuing mm-hmm. to score. He's continuing to get buckets, and he commands that much respect in the league where teams are willing to give up Four. that much for him. Four first round picks. That's a Rudy Gobert level haul, and Rudy Gobert is like five years his junior, six yeah. years his junior. So, that was a, that was a pretty big deal, and I mean, the the Brooklyn Nets blew it up. The Brooklyn Nets tried, they 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 tried to do it. They tried to make a super team. They tried to do what the Warriors did. They tried to do what the Phoenix Suns are doing right now. There's only one bath. There's only one ball for Harden, exactly. Kyrie, KD, like yeah. There's a lot. That's that's a lot of egos for one basketball. A lot of shooting and scoring, but I mean, all those guys care about the numbers. I feel like too, especially Harden, Kyrie, but. I feel like obviously when that when that when those three assembled, I was like, uh oh. League like, league's yeah, gonna be on I notice. Like, uh oh. <laughs> but I knew I feel like LeBron knew too. LeBron knew it wasn't gonna work, so that's why it didn't work. Yeah, that's and it's like when when they all went to Brooklyn, I was like, Wow, yeah. super team. But then you look at Kyrie and it's like Whack. Kyrie's an, Kyrie is a nut job. Nice. And we're gonna touch upon that in a minute. Yeah. But Kyrie is an egotistical guy. And some may say Kevin Durant is a pretty reserved dude. No, he's not. No. Kevin Durant's incredibly egotistical. Yeah. He's a very petty dude. He may not talk about it that much because he's a quiet guy, but he's very egotistical and very petty. And then James Harden. We all know James yeah, yeah. Harden. <laughs> James Harden is the playboy of the NBA. I love him. And <laughs> everyone does. James Harden's a funny guy. He's a guy that you want to root for. Yeah. But putting all three of those guys in Brooklyn, that's just... It's in, just not In New York City, too. In like. New York City, too. In that nightlife, it's... Well, it just wasn't destined to work. I mean, and obviously COVID really screwed it up, especially with all the drama and the fiasco that was Kyrie Irving during COVID. It, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot that went on with that, and it's once once all that once all once Kyrie decided he wasn't going to play, I feel like that kind of spelled the end. Right. Because then the Nets, after all that saga went on, the uh, the Nets made that trade, sent Harden to Philly, yeah. brought up Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, a couple picks. I'm I'm honestly looking back. I'm surprised they didn't just get rid of Kyrie. Honestly, you know what? That that, like that would make sense. Durant would have would have worked a little better. I feel I agree with you. I feel like that that would have been it. But I think Durant wanted Kyrie, Kyrie yeah, more than boy. Harden. Boy, yeah. That was I think the way that that was that played out. That was the way from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And 
Durant still believed that there was something in there with Kyrie. And it even showed during the start of this season. Because yeah. even the start of this season, they were, what, I think third in the East? Yeah. They were playing really well, and it seemed like everything was clicking. Durant and Kyrie were both averaging double-digit points, yeah. and it was going it was going well. Everything seemed like it was kind of going. And then all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving's like, you know what, I want out. Yeah, He's disgruntled. Right. Why? Okay. Where, where are you disgruntled from? Yeah. And then that whole sweepstakes was something in and of itself, because it was like, Kyrie Irving, uh, wanted, Lakers wanted him. The Suns wanted him, and then all of a sudden, uh, the owner—I uh, forget his first name—but it's uh, Mr. Say. Nice. He's like, "Yeah, no, I don't care where you want to go. We're sending you to wherever I want to yeah, send you." Exactly. And he, like, he did not care. He was done with all of the drama with Kyrie Irving. And then sends him to Dallas, and that that segues into the third trade we're going to talk about, third and trade. that is Dallas trading for Kyrie Irving. And I personally feel like that most of the trades during the trade deadline were relatively balanced. Yeah. This one was not. I agree. This was not bad. The, 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 Dallas, Ma- the Dallas Mavericks really kind of, they offered a lot, but I feel like Brooklyn could have gotten a little bit more. LA gave them more. Yeah. yeah. LA was going to give them more. Mm-hmm. So Brooklyn sends Kyrie Irving to yeah. Dallas. They don't give up anything else. But when, in return... Spencer, the Dallas sends Spencer Dibwitty, who used to play for Brooklyn, Brooklyn icon during the D'Angelo Russell year, Florian Dor- uh, Fl- uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, excuse me, a first-round pick and two seconds. Kyrie Irving, given all the drama he has coming along with him and all the baggage, is still worth more to the Brooklyn Nets than what was offered. Right. I feel like that if you were going to be getting... Get, Giving up stuff for Kyrie, I feel like giving up a uh, giving up a player, I, I think a little bit better than Dorian Finney-Smith would have made sense. Fair enough. I think the picks, I think the picks are relatively even. I understand that, but I just think the players don't match the quality no. of Kyrie Irving. But Kyrie, Kyrie is so expensive. Kyrie's incredibly expensive. Yeah. He's he's gonna be a free agent after this year. So he some, won't even resign. <laughs> he won't even resign. Exactly. You're gonna have you're gonna have Kyrie Irving yeah. going to Dallas. Bringing them to the Western Conference Final, then probably selling in the finals like oh. he does with every other team. So D'Lo is a free agent this summer too, right? D'Lo is a free agent. So Kyrie's a free agent. Yeah. You know what's gonna happen? Switch. You know what's happening? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that's a that's no. that actually no that kind of leads me to what I wanted to talk about with this is that Luka Doncic is listed as a shooting guard, but he's not. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah, point guard. So we know he's a point guard. If you watch Dallas playing, you watch the ball them, in his hands every play. You watch Luka Magic. Luka's got the ball in his play. He's bringing the ball up the court. Yeah. So, and Kyrie is a guy that he needs, he's a shooter, but he's a technical dribbler. He needs the ball in his hands. That's how he works. That's how he operates. So, with that said, how does this work? And I was talking about this at dinner with a couple of my boys. And what I think is going to be the case here is I think that they're going to use the fact that Luka has such a high volume right now, Mm -hmm. high production volume, they're going to take that and just bring it down slightly. Like when you're talking when you're talking about Luca, Luca's average Luca's got like what? How many forty point games Almost this year? Thirty point triple double like every game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if you're taking a little bit of that production and giving it to Kyrie, he's bit. still giving you twenty five points, maybe ten assists a game. Yeah. You bring in Kyrie into the fold, give him some of that production, let him get on the scoring. In theory, it should work. In theory. Maybe. But as all things go with Kyrie and with every team he's gone to, he's blown it up somehow. Every team. You talk about Cleveland, you talk about Boston, especially Boston, and then you talk about Brooklyn. 
He's going to go to Dallas, and I think, I honestly think that their ceiling is the Western Conference Finals. I think that at most they'd win the Western Conference Finals. Okay. And I really think that they can get swept by three or four teams in the East. Okay. I think that the Bucks can do it, sweep them in four. I think the Celtics can sweep them in four. I think the Sixers can sweep them in four. Wow. And I honestly think the Heat could, could, could do either four, can do four, four zero, or four and one. I, I, I think that that's, that's, the, that's not necessarily the lack of faith I have in Luka Doncic. It's just you have two guards basically playing the same position. Yeah. You have one guard that's all drama. And you have really just role players surrounding them. Not like championship caliber role no. players. Just kind of playoff role players, yeah. I guess. I feel like the only the, the thing I agree with is that you now have two guys who can take the last shot. Like, but the question is, who's going to get the ball in their hands? But I think it's nice to have two guys that can really create their own shot. And, like, like if Kyrie, if you drop a play for Kyrie and he misses a three, you live with it. It's the same thing for Luka. You live, you live with the result. If your best player is wide open for three, you live with it. Like, have you watched the URI basketball game against St. Louis? Yes. Down three, draw up a high screen for Leggett, wide open, best player. Mm-hmm. You live with it. He'll make, it, he'll make the next shot. Yeah. Like, I live with that totally. That's a, that's a, that's what you expect with players right. like that, and I think that's why Dallas took the gamble with right. this trade is because they know they know what they have in Luca, mm-hmm. they know what Kyrie can bring. It's an offer where like you know what we they we feel we need this piece. Yeah, why not? We should bring it out there. They're giving up on defense. Yeah, that's for sure. Clearly. <laughs> They're clearly giving up on defense. They're going with the Nets. They're going with the Nets Nets motto: score more points than the yeah, other team. Exactly. That's the motto. Yeah. But um. I think that there's. I think that there is. It's that's going to be an interesting watch. Right. I um. I, if if it works, it's going to be an unbelievable team to watch, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But if it doesn't work, I mean, disaster class. It's a disaster class yeah. exactly. So then there were a couple other trades that I pulled up yesterday while I was doing my research. Okay. Um, Knicks in Portland. The yep. Knicks have Josh received Josh Hart from Portland, who a Jalen Brunson, Villanova. former Villanova guy. Yeah. Um, he was clearly happy about that. He was at Villanova getting his jersey retired yeah. but when the trade was announced. So he mm-hmm. was super, super excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then, But Portland received a lot for this. Portland received Cam Reddish, Ryan Arshi, uh, Arsidicano, I think that's how you say his name. Oh, God, I don't even want to say this right. name. Sivi Mahalahook, and then a first-round pick, which is a lottery-projected pick for this year. Yeah. But if it doesn't pan out this year, it changes into four second-round picks. So, I mean... Josh Hart's a really good guy. He's a really, really good player. Um, great watching him at Villanova. But, I mean, you're giving up a lot here. A lot. You're giving up. I mean, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish him, is a good player. I love him. Exactly. I was so happy when when, he, uh, when the Knicks landed him. Like, I felt like, if like obviously, a dude with Barrett and William, Williamson, like, if you put a Reddish on, like, at the time, like, different team in the country, he gets drafted. Like, I think he goes higher than would he go three? I think so, yeah. Was it one, two? Did they really go one, two, three? I don't know. No, oh, Barrett. Oh, it was John ja, ja Morant. Ja Morant. Yeah, yeah, it was John ja, ja Morant. Yep. No, they were one, two, three in high school. Mm-hmm. That's what they were. Okay. But, I mean, Cam Reddish is, he's no slouch either. Like, he, oh, he's he, 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 is, he has shown that he's got the potential to really give you minutes, mm-hmm. give you some points off the bench. So, I mean, like, the Knicks, I, I can understand. You want Josh Hart. Josh Hart's a seasoned vet. He knows how to play in the NBA. He's, yep. a, he's a good scorer. And you got that relationship and that chemistry with Jalen Brunson, um, so I, I can understand why you make the trade. But I feel like that you're giving up a little, a uh, decent amount for that. Right. But I mean, hey, we'll see how it pans out. The Knicks, I mean, the Knicks look good. 
They look like they they're having stretches where they look good, but I mean, come on, it's the Knicks now. Uh, exactly, it's it's the Knicks. Like, you really you can't two good things can't happen at once no, for the Knicks. No, I can't. And like I remember, like obviously, like, I've been a Knicks fan for a while ever since Melo Melo came. I mean, my dad like we love Carmelo, and that's how my dad does. He hates the Knicks, but I I, I love Melo. So that's why I like the Knicks. And then um, I got to know Obi Toppin at Dayton a little bit. So then when he got to the Knicks, that's another reason why I love him. And then um. That, that one summer where we were supposed to get KD and Kyrie, that's when I was like, okay. When the playoffs come around, LeBron. Yeah. It will never happen with the Knicks. Yeah, exactly. In it's my just, lifetime, it will, ne- will never win a championship. I have so many friends of mine back home who might be listening to the show right now that are Knicks fans, and I feel sorry for them. And, like, when D'Angelo Russell, when there was rumors that he was going to get traded to the Knicks oh, yeah. earlier in the year, I was like... Am I about to do this? Am yeah. I just about to, am I just about to sell out and become a Knicks fan? And I remember saying it to my dad, yeah. and my dad's like, "They're the Knicks. You can't do it. You, can't. you, you just can't do it. You're set, you're setting yourself up for failure." Miserable. No, it, it's it's like the, the Knicks are like the Mets. They're, they're never it's it's never good. It's just a lifetime of misery with only commercial breaks of happiness. That's yeah. what it's like being a Knicks yeah, fan. Absolutely, absolutely. So, it, it, it's like they're gonna make they made this trade. I think Josh Hart's gonna do well. I think they've got a really good squad now. I mean, you can't you can't deny it. Obi Toppin, Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, Randall. that's a great three. Derrick Rose is still there, too. People thought Derrick Rose was going to get traded to Randall. a contender. Re- Julie, Julius Randle, too. It, they've got a great squad. So, I a think... Of, a lot of talent. A lot of talent. Yeah. It's just, can it... Will it work? Not can it work, it's, it's will it work. Because it, it, it playoffs, can work. In the playoffs, it won't. You know what will happen. I, I, I honestly, I hate to agree with you, How but I like mean... How, like, Trey Young comes in the garden and does that? Oh my God! Like, if Trey Young comes into the Garden and just does and does what he did to them a couple years ago again, I think the city of New York is going to implode. Blow it up. Blow it up. Yep, just trade everyone. Yeah, start yeah. over. You can't let Trey Young do that to you twice. Twice. And like Randall is, I love Randall, but I would I would get rid of him right now because what he did in the playoffs. He shot like sixteen percent in like two of those games. I mean, the thing is though, is that his <laughs> his sto- his stock's relatively high. Yeah. But I think after this season is when they're going to make that decision yeah. whether they're going to move on from Randall yeah. because right now he's playing well he's playing at a he's playing at an almost all star level right. um, so I, I feel like that he's got his stocks pretty high mm-hmm. so I I think once the off season hits maybe cash in he maybe cash in but I think it really depends on how the playoffs go if they exceed expectations in the keep playoffs yeah. so you keep them but yeah. I think it's more or less how does he do in the playoffs how do the Knicks do in the playoffs that's when you decide that right. so the next trade James Wiseman. Is leaving Golden State, and that is ridiculous. I agree. That's ridiculous. And all right, so let's see. It's a three-team trade. The Warriors were sending, were receiving Kevin Knox and five second-round picks from five. the Atlanta Hawks. Five. Five. Detroit sends James Wiseman or receives James Wiseman from Golden State, <laughs> and then Atlanta receives Sadiq Bay from Detroit. Going from the Bay Area to Detroit. That's that's and sad. Night. <laughs> Going from playing. Playing, oh my God! Just playing in the beautiful city of San Francisco, to Detroit, Tough. to a team that's tanking for Wembenyama. You hate, you hate to see that. And the thing is with J- James Wiseman is that James Wiseman, he can't, he just can't, he just can't get it done. Like it's not even his fault. It's just that, obviously in college he had all those NCAA issues when he was going to play at Memphis, right. and then he gets drafted by the Warriors really early on. A lot of pressure on him, and he doesn't play right. because the Warriors are so set with playing small ball with Draymond Green at the five. Mm-hmm. And it's what I what I was thinking about is that Draymond Green is gun is getting old. Draymond mm-hmm. Green is getting to the point 
where you're going to have to phase him out eventually. At some point. Yeah. Right. And James Wiseman has showed the potential that he's a, he know, he's a competent NBA player. Yeah. Why would you not want to keep him and play him at the five? And pick and kind roll with him and Curry. Like, exactly. Yeah. Pick and roll with him and Curry. Pick and roll with him and Jordan Poole. Yeah. Pick and roll with him with Gary Payton, Gary, yeah. uh, Gary Payton the second, who we right. just got. Right. So it's it doesn't really make that much sense to me. And you really got to feel bad for Wiseman because now he's going from a team that was gonna pro- gonna most likely make the playoffs right. to a team that's now tanking and will probably continue to be tanking. And it's <laughs> and it's just you feel bad for him. But I mean, hey, that's the NBA. It's a business. And right. then I mean, hey, this is. And the Knicks got four second round picks. The Warriors got five. I mean, everybody that, wants second round picks. We're 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 talking. We're over, we're at like over fifteen second round picks already, and we've only talked about five trades. I know. And so then the next one. There's another one involving Golden State. Um, this uh, the Warriors got Kevin Knox in that first trade. Yep. They send him out to Portland, and now the Warriors get Gary Payton the second. I like Kevin Knox when he's on the Knicks. I like I, yeah. Kevin Knox is a good player, but I mean, like I can understand why you make this trade. Yeah, for sure. You uh, Portland were doing a lot of work on the trade deadline, so I feel like they were comfortable giving up Gary Payton Jr. I, I don't I don't think they think they're going to be a real serious playoff team. Um, Damian Lillard's got to get out of there. Damian Lillard, hey, come to the Lakers. Damian Lillard can go anywhere. I think going to the Lakers would honestly even be a better shout than the t- uh, the Trailblazers. Guy, I mean, right. the Trailblazers said they're going to repay your faith, and they're not. No, they're not. Getting rid of Gary Payton the second is exactly is exactly that. Yeah, but. So the Warriors get Gary Payton the second to team up with Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. Steph Curry going down with an injury that's going to sideline him for a little bit. So this state, this trade makes sense. Yep. Um, and so here we got another three-team trade: Philly, Portland, and Charlotte. My best friend is a Charlotte fan back home. One of my, he, one of my good friends is a Charlotte fan. Too. Charlotte are not in a good spot yeah. <laughs> right now. So right now, here, so here I'll break this trade down. The 76ers receive forward Jalen McDaniels from Charlotte. And two second-round picks, one of which was a 2024 pick from New York, and then a 2029 second-round pick from Portland. And then Portland receives guard Matisse Thibel from the 76ers, who I've always thought criminally underrated player, yeah, player. just was not meant to play in the system in Philly. Right. And then Charlotte receives forward Sivi Mahalihook from Portland, who is just being rerouted from New York to Charlotte. Right. I mean... I you don't really I, you kind of just take Charlotte out of the equation here. Charlotte are just getting rid of anybody that they can at this point, and just to kind of tank and just kind of keep getting low because they're gonna rebuild it around the mellow ball. Um, so I mean, like I feel like the more focus here is the 76ers getting Jalen McDaniels. Yep. They needed a forward to complement Joel Embiid to kind of um, really just solidify that championship hunt. Um, and I feel like this is a, this is a good pickup. It's a solid pickup. I feel like that the 76ers are just kind of building. They're still trying to trust the process, which I think is ludicrous. And but I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a, been a while, while. Exactly. The process, is, the process has been long. It's been a while, but been a I mean, they are. They still have James Harden. They were able to retain James Harden. Yep. So Joel Embiid, James Harden, two superstars. Yeah, I mean, you still got role players. You got now. Now you got Jalen McDaniels. You still you, you got some other players. You got Tobias Harris still yep. there. I'm pretty sure. Um, so there's a lot that the 76ers can do especially coming off the bench. But at the same time, will it pan out come playoff time? That's the serious question. And then, I mean, Portland. Portland get Matisse Thibel, who I think is an underrated player in the NBA. I feel like that he will do well in Portland. But, I mean, it depends. Is, are Portland going to be doing well at Matisse Thibel? Are they going to have Damian Lillard next year? I mean, it's that's... Be enough to keep Dame happy. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think you had to really try and keep Dame happy this year. This is kind of the last straw for Portland. He's got to go. He's got to go now. He's got to go. Is he a free agent? 
Um, I don't. I don't believe so. But he's getting close because yeah. I think they are. I think they signed him a new contract. That's a, that's why because he was gonna Lo- leave. Loads of money. They gave him and they gave him loads of money because they were gonna be like, hey, we're gonna build around you. It's hard though. It's hard. It's hard to do that, especially in a small market like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. But I mean, I mean, hey, hopefully, hopefully the NBA doesn't expand because if the Seattle SuperSonics come uh, back, Portland's over. It's, it's over, done. It's over. All right. So next trade. This is where we we alluded to this earlier. Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Milwaukee gets Jay Crowder. The man who was touted by every team in the NBA. Everyone wanted him for some reason. some reason. They love him. They loved him. Milwaukee gives up five second-round picks for Jay Crowder. Five. Uh, we're, I think we're talking 20 second-round picks have been moved. In the last week. In the, la- in the last two days. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. And do I think Jay Crowder is worth that much? I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think that's something that we're going to have to see. If they, Jay, win, if they win a championship, yeah. I, I agree. I think if they win a championship, I feel like that it's worth it. That's like the, I think about that, like, if they win a championship, like, that, that saying about a trade is like the Anthony Davis trade. Like, they gave up everything to get AD, but who won the trade? Mm-hmm. LA. LA did. They won a championship. So, I, I think I think Jay Crowder is, I think Jay Crowder is worth it, but um, still a lot of picks. And at that point, you almost have to wonder how many Second round picks almost equates a first, because now this year you could argue too. Yeah, I mean, because you know you don't see that many first round picks be moved. I think we've only had like one or two deals that have included a first round pick, right. and it's like you're wondering like, all right, first of all, where are these second round picks coming from? Right. Like, are we just sending picks for? Are we sending second round picks from 2032 mm-hmm. all over to teams now? So you got to wonder where these guys are getting these picks. But at the same time, though, I mean, Brooklyn. Brooklyn lose Jay Crowder. I don't even. I I don't think they have a seasoned vet, or like a seasoned star on their team, except for maybe Ben Simmons, if you can even call him that. Right. And it's it's a tough time to be a Brooklyn Nets fan. I have to say, you you guys had it all, and had now everything. you are you are at rock bottom. I don't know how you're going to be able to stay in the playoff hunt now because you're still sitting in the in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to stay. So I hope I hope you guys enjoy the fall and don't hurt yourselves on the way down. <laughs> but um, yeah, you gotta feel bad for the Brooklyn fans. Absolutely. And then I mean, here this is another this is another funny one. Orlando and the Los Angeles Lakers. Orlando receives guard Patrick Beverly, who is anticipated to be bought out by the Magic and will be probably picked up by a contender because Patrick Beverly is simply that guy. Right. And then the Lakers received Mo Bamba, and this was an interesting this was an interesting pick, uh, trade for me. Because it's not the matter of the Magic trading Mo Bamba, because I can understand why. You're trying to get Victor Wambanyama. Mm-hmm. You're probably the most team suited to pick up Victor Wambanyama. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want to get rid of Mo Bamba and make room for that. Right. It's just that they just didn't think he was good. Right. Like, I saw people saying that Mo Bamba's not good, that the Magic don't think he's good, he's just not good enough to play for them. And it's like, he's still a, he's still decent. There's an NBA player in there. Yeah, definitely. Mo Bamba's, Texas, he was unbelievable. Exactly. Mo Bamba's not just a song. Right. Like, he, he is, he is a he's good a NBA player. Yeah. He's a talent. And now, the Lakers fans are happy. The joke can finally die. Yep. The Lakers have a center. Absolutely. They you picked don't up, have to play AD at the 5. You don't have to, have to get hurt all the time. Exactly. Like, you picked up Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura, good piece, he's, good a good, he's a good piece. He's going to be coming off the bench for you yep. now. You got Mo Bamba at the 5. You got AD when he's not hurt at the 4. Yep. You got LeBron at the 3. And then you've got D, you got D'Lo. At, you got D'Lo running at the guards, yeah. D'Lo and Dennis Schroeder at the guards. So that the Lakers look good, and I think that this was a very smart pick. I think they had the best trade deadline. I, 
honestly, you know what? I can I can agree with that. I really don't. I'm not a Lakers fan. I don't like right, the Lakers right, at right. all. But I mean, I gotta I gotta agree with you there. They really they picked up. They filled the spots they needed. They moved some dead weight. Absolutely. So I feel like that that was a pretty solid move. And Patrick Beverly is a, is a culture guy. Patrick Beverly gets you. He's a real scrappy guy. Makes, he's makes good on defense. defense. Makes other he's infectious. Makes people play defense. I, yeah, like yeah. If you're playing against them, you hate them. If you're playing with them, you love them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like that the Lakers probably did drop a little bit on defense. I'm not really sure how well Dennis Schroeder is suited uh, suited defensively. Right. But um, losing Patrick Beverly is obviously a big defensive loss. But at the same time, I think that's something you're okay with when mm-hmm. you've got LeBron and AD. And then you got a guy like D'Angelo Russell who's a high-volume scorer. So I think it, it makes sense. Absolutely. It makes sense. So in the last trade I wanted to talk about today is another three-team trade. It was Houston, the L.A. Clippers, and the Grizzlies. Houston are receiving John Wall. Welcome back. Welcome back. Not so welcome yeah, back no. for both parties. Um, Houston received John Wall, uh, Danny Green from Memphis, and then the rights to a Milwaukee pick swap courtesy of the LA Clippers. The Clippers receive Eric Gordon and three second round picks courtesy of Memphis. And then the Grizzlies receive Luke Kennard from the LA Clippers. I just think this trade was funny because John Wall was very adamant how much he despised Houston. Houston. His time there, he hated it. And Houston were open to how they didn't like him. They paid him to not play. What team does that? What team pays you to to not play? And an all-star level player to yeah, not play. Absolutely. So I, I really, I really hope that they just buy him out. John Wall deserves better than that. John Wall does not deserve. Considering the guy had has gone through such, uh, so many oh, serious mental health so issues. So many setbacks. Yeah. So many setbacks. So many serious mental health issues. Right. Getting traded back to a team that openly did not like you as a player must not be good for the psyche. So I hope just for the sake of both parties, he just gets bought out yeah. at like a veteran minimum mm-hmm. and then he's able to go play for a contender. But, um, I mean, not really much to note here. I mean, the Clippers Clippers had a relatively quiet um, deadline. I mean, they picked up Bones Highland from the Nuggets, Love which was Bones. what they needed. Love Bones. Bones is a great player. A A-10, A-10 player from VCU. He's a great great yeah. player. So it was a solid pickup because they needed a guard considering their consider their team's injury history. Right. But I mean like this wasn't really that notable. I think the biggest thing is that Houston are getting pieces as they look to um draft well in the lottery this year because mm-hmm. they're it's them and the Magic who are who are fighting for the number 1. Yep. So um I think that that's like a solid pickup for them, but at the same time you're going to be buying out John Wall anyway. So I mean unless the Clippers just desperately needed to get him off the get him off the books. Yeah. It, it like it doesn't really make that much sense for the Rockets to even consider picking him up. True. But I mean, here we are. This is that's the NBA. That's the life we have and that's the life these NBA players must live through is that you're going to be moving on when different the team different week, different yeah. city and if you like the team, you like him. If you don't, you got to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. So we got just under 10 minutes left. So I wanted to t- discuss one thing with you. We have a little bit of a little bit of a goat debate i think i think we'll 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 stick with one here and the most uh just time uh timely one lebron LeBron. versus jordan already said lebron didn't even didn't even get the sentence out uh lebron jordan just passed kareem abdul jabbar for the most points scored all time the 38 year old has thirty-eight thousand. i think it's uh 388 points um a lot of 38s there it's a record that many thought would never be broken kareem abdul jabbar the was thought to hold that record forever. forever, considering that everybody in the top ten 
outside of LeBron, it has been retired for years. So LeBron broke that record the other day against the Thunder with ticket costs being almost $16,000 to watch him do that courtside. So, I mean, it was cool to watch. I have to respect it. I may not be a very big LeBron fan, but it was very cool to watch. So, Joe, you've been saying it all day. LeBron. You're a LeBron fan. You think LeBron's the GOAT. In anything. Give me why. How many schools has Michael Jordan built? All right. Yeah. All right. 3-1 lead. He's won everywhere he's been. Statistically destroys Jordan in every every category. Like, I mean, I know Jordan's 6-0, and and that's kind of the one thing that hangs over LeBron's head, and I still think LeBron's going to get one or two more championships. You think you think so with, yeah. the, with the Lakers? With the Lakers, and then... I think he'll go somewhere else one more. Do you think you think he'll go somewhere else depending on who um, drafts Stays. Bronny? Yes. Yeah. I, I really do, and I think he he the NBA owes him that to, to allow that to happen. I you know <laughs> what I actually I I agree with that. I feel like that that would be a pretty good uh pretty good marketing thing for the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, LeBron's thirty eight. He's probably gonna play until he's like forty three. He might. He he, he might really do it. Might. I think he might. Um, he's just one of those guys where he's just in great physical condition. Him and Brady. Yeah, him and, I, I him and Brady. Brady, but I, I admit, like, Brady's I, top. top I, I, I agree. I, I think that it's it's just one of those guys where you feel like they could go on forever. I, I don't. I, I like can't see a world where LeBron's not playing basketball. Yep, and I mean, I, I, I think Jordan. Jordan was obviously before my time, but I still feel like Jordan is the goat. I mean, when you watch Jordan, when when I watch Jordan highlights and stuff, and then you right. see the stats that he put up in the finals, 6-0 and in the finals, and just the way he played basketball during that time, he played a different game. Right. Like, it was just, when you, wa- when you faced up against Jordan, you just knew it wasn't going to go well. Like, that's the type of thing where it's like, I feel like it puts LeBron over the top, because LeBron's playing in an era where... It's not necessarily where he revolutionized basketball, right. but I mean, there's a lot of players that you can kind of say have a similar skill set to him. Right. And I feel like Jordan is an all-out scorer. LeBron is very good at almost everything. everything. So that's I think that's the difference there. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you look at Jordan, you look at how Jordan played the game and just the scoring titles that right. he had and just the way that he was able to lead the Bulls to those championships. I feel like that there's just more there's just a little bit more to that. And then the finals the finals is the key is the key thing yes, here because this is because the LeBron Jordan debates neck and neck. I feel like that it's even closer now than like the height of the Messi and Ronaldo debates, yeah. and it's because of the finals. And I think if LeBron wins another chip, maybe yeah, even wins two. I think if LeBron wins two, I think he'll go over the top. But if he wins another one, then there's going to be a serious conversation to be had. But I think right now, at this very moment, I think that Jordan is simply I think Jordan is better and I think it's the finals that puts him over the top. Okay. LeBron's got LeBron's got the championships. Yeah. LeBron's got it with the Lakers, he's got it with the Heat, he's yeah. got it with the Cavs, but he's also lost three. Yes. He's also lost like that's He also made what? 8 straight? He's made 8 straight. But I mean LeBron doesn't lose in like the second round, first round. Jordan would lose in the first and second round. LeBron goes to the finals 8 straight years. You know, what? you're right. That, you're right, that, but I, that's hard for me to see past that. It's the th- but the thing is though, it's that once you make the finals, it's a whole different yeah, game. Yeah, for sure. For it's sure. a whole different. It's a whole different game that I feel like that once Jordan made the finals, it was automatic. You almost yeah. assume you, you knew he's gonna win it. With LeBron, you don't have that same feeling. That's fair. It's like it's you know LeBron's good. You know LeBron's gonna lead his team. But once you make the finals with LeBron, you do not know for sure Jordan, you unless know. you're a diehard. But with Jordan, you knew. Right. 
Jordan, you knew it was going to be happening. You saw Jordan in game one of the finals. Like, you damn. knew this. It's yeah. it's over. Yeah. You you might as well just put your money right. on a futures for Jordan to win right. the finals if you hit game one. I, just, I think back to 2018 with that Cavs roster. Ooh, like Their best player was like J.R. Smith or mm-hmm. LeBron. You can't tell me I couldn't have been on the bench. Yeah, I, I know that. That's a testament <laughs> to LeBron. That's a that is a true testament <laughs> how to LeBron. He got that team, and then in 08 or 09, I think it was 08, how he dragged that Cavs team to the finals. I can't think of one. I, I don't. I don't know how to pronounce one player's name on that team. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I can. The the Cavaliers' performances LeBron has had unbelievable. I can or unbelievable. That is one hundred percent certain. All time, one hundred percent certain. But I I think though that. Once you look at when you look at the finals and you look at what Jordan has done, right. and when you compare that to LeBron in the finals, because I feel like every single other metric, you can kind of look. There's like a bit of like a there's a dead heat. I mean, mm-hmm. LeBron's got more of the scoring. Le, LeBron's got the scoring record. Me, MJ has more scoring titles. LeBron's got LeBron's rocking with more assists. He's a little bit better defensively. Like you've got a little yeah. bit more there. But once you hit the playoffs, you got it. You got to just give it to Jordan. I think that's just the way. That's I think the the key difference here. But um, so like, if you have a game seven for your life, you take Jordan. Yeah, I'm taking Jordan. I'll take LeBron. All right, all right then. And on that note, everybody, thank you for listening to today's episode of Marks from Marks. Joey, thank you for joining me today. It was thank a pleasure to have you on. It's great to be here. Thank you. Good luck with the rest of the spring ball season, and then hopefully we'll be able to discuss a little bit more about the upcoming URI men's soccer season in a later episode. Can't wait. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. I will see you all next week.